We interrupt our program to bring you this important message. Good morning, afternoon, or whatever time you're listening to this program. Uh, we're taping a week early today because I'm going to be out of town all week next week. Uh, yesterday's program with Dr. Carrie Madey, uh, was, I was a bit out of sorts, uh, even though she carried the day, thankfully. Uh, I was out of sorts because we, we uh, were working on something very intense relative to Grace's case, and I couldn't compartmentalize what... Uh, what I was working on yesterday, and it, it just influenced where I, I was. So anyway, I'm back today, and you know what we're what we're working on is this um, DNR order with Grace, and it is you know it is really evil. Anyway, you'll hear more of this as time uh, progresses. Uh, but you know, I'm I'm actually sick of this. You know, these doctors lie. They don't care about people. They don't care about the rule of law. And, you know, it's, um, it's sickening to me. And then on top of that, you have people asking you, why don't you just stop and get back to life? And, you know, this is my life. Personally, if you know where serial killers live and work, would you give up? I mean, James 417, I'll just read it right now. If anyone then knows the good that they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is sin for them. So, that's why I'm doing this. This is, it's become my responsibility. I've been woken up since Grace died. Grace had to die to wake me up. And, you know, the, and that's the purpose of even doing this show and all the things that we're working on. So anyway, Grace is dead because I was programmed to believe hospitals are safe zones. Today's program is about medical advocacy. And I am super excited to interview my guest because she has taken the most active role that I know in patient advocacy in a world that's gone mad. The next clip, uh, it's one of my favorites, will give you a clue as to who she is if you're following the current news, because then you would know my guest. And so Don, can you get the, uh, roll the clip, please? Wonder of you. She's Wonder ready for the you. concert tomorrow oh. night. Are you going tomorrow night? Yes. This guy picked my nails. Good. My dad. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful, this guy. <laughs> the green shirt. Oh, he changed his purple. I purple. I had green on earlier. Yeah. Purple's my favorite color. Is it? Is it? I that my toenails got painted. They did. Oh, oh wow. I have a oh, feeling those are coming off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look at you. I like that they're matching. I Dad didn't do those, though, right? <laughs> Dad didn't do those, right? Are you ticklish? <laughs> <laughs> You're making me tempting to tickle your feet. <laughs> These are beautiful. Wow. Beautiful. I like that they match your nails. I don't like it when you put, let's say, red nails and pink nail polish. I like it all. It looks clean and nice. <laughs> that's that's one of my favorite videos. We were uh, we got a chance to meet Priscilla Presley. That's Elvis's wife in August of 2017. Uh, hard to believe that even happened. But Grace had a love for Elvis, and she ended up writing a fan letter to Priscilla, care of Graceland, and Priscilla called 
and it invited us, and she invited us to Graceland to go to lunch. And so we took her up on the on the opportunity, and we went there. And you know, Grace just being Grace, I mean, you could tell we she ended up uh, getting a private suite. We spent forty five minutes uh, as a family with her. We've got all kinds of videos, pictures. It it just was special. I mean, Priscilla became a special friend to Grace, and I mean, you can tell how genuine she was. Uh, you know, after Grace died, the day after, I I uh, got a hold of Priscilla's assistant and let her know that Grace died, and Priscilla called Cindy five minutes later. Um, she was a special friend for Grace, and um, you know that type of thing uh, was was our life with Grace. It just seemed like all kinds of these things just kept happening. So it was just a special time. Then I I always like to bring up Grace's relationship with our Lord because it was special. And and uh, I'm going to show you a picture right now. So this was an anniversary card that she put together for Cindy and I a few years back. And you can see, you know, she never bought cards. She always did her own personal cards. She would spend hours and hours on these things. And she, uh, I'll just read this. I'm going to show you. She always signs, God is love, 1 John 4, 8. In Christ alone, your earthly BFF daughter, Grace Emily. So, so that was my little stinker. And, you know, she's the reason I'm doing this. You know, a, about two weeks ago, one of the local radio stations got a phone call from a lady who lives next door to the nurse who killed Grace. And she said, you got to get this guy off the air because he's telling lies. You know, what this nurse did, everything was that she did was fine. Well, it wasn't fine. It's fine if you uh, can put illegal DNRs on people. It's fine if you can put med combinations that kill people. So that's fine if you're following protocol protocols that kill people, but it wasn't fine. And anyway, I've been programmed to believe hospitals are safe. The fact is, uh, you know, everybody seems to know that uh, they believe they're safe, but they're not a place to get well. And a funny thing happened to me about six years ago, I had knee surgery and after the surgery, I ended up getting an infection. So the knee surgery is out of patient. The infection though required me to stay overnight in a hospital. The next morning, I mean, I'm, I'm in a lot of pain from the surgery. I need pain meds. And a nurse is trying to put a bracelet on me that says that I'm allergic to bee venom. And I said, what are you doing? She said, well, I got to get this bracelet on you. I said, well, what do you got? A, you got a hive up here or what's going on? I said, I need my, my pain meds. I'm in pain. And I said, I'll make a deal with you. If you get me my pain meds, you can put the bee venom bracelet on me. And this is, so I mean, this type of craziness has been going on in hospitals for years, but not to the point where you think that you need an advocate just to save your life. And so now I'm not programmed, I'm deprogrammed. Hospitals now are arms of the government and there's they're part of an agenda to reduce the population. So my next guest is gonna tell us a lot that uh, none of us know, but she knows. Her name is Priscilla Romans. She's the founder and CEO of Graith Care. She has a background in bedside nursing. She's an RN, a BSN with, original, with her original nursing, starting out in pediatrics intensive care. Uh, she went on to expand her healthcare experience by getting her master's degree in nursing leadership in health systems management. Priscilla brings her experiences of working in hospital outpatient hospice home care and insurance industries to help advocate for those in need. It is, in her words, it is time to give control back to the healthcare consumer with advocacy. Uh, she is also a mother of four 
and she has her own company. She's the president and CEO, as I said, it's called Great Care. She has a team of over 20 advocates who serve wherever they are called. Uh, you'll be able to get a hold of her and her company. It'll be in the show notes. And so without further ado, I welcome Priscilla Romans. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. So what I want to do is get started by just covering the basics, Priscilla. So what is advocacy? When do you need an advocate? Who can have an advocate? And how is this process delegated to somebody who isn't the healthcare POA? So I'm coming from a perspective of not understanding exactly how that would shake out. My paradigm is that, you know, like my daughter, Grace, my wife was the healthcare POA. So that means you're naturally the advocate, but not from the position of advocacy today, which I, I believe your goal is to make sure the person doesn't get anything that you haven't approved. So, all right. So the what, when, who, and how. <laughs> yeah. So um, advocacy is really on the move here. And, and part of the reason is, is exactly what you experience in that hospital that Grace was in. And that was one of the biggest triggers to why I even put great care together is because there was so much confusion within the hospitals, terrible communication. They didn't give all the options, bad transition from the hospital home. And so initially in March of 2020, I was like, well, we just need to help people out. I can help them with advocacy. And then it started to explode with the hospital isolation, the protocols with remdesivir, the mandates of the jab, I mean, on and on and on. And I began to see that there was way more that I was supposed to be doing. And um, Grace is certainly right that God is a part of this picture because there is purpose. And um, there was a purpose for me to have worked in all of those different angles in the healthcare system for me to be able to build great care to help people in need. So who needs an advocate? It can be an individual that calls great care and says, look, I'm sick. I'm not feeling well. I don't want to go to the hospital. I am scared. I've heard about these protocols and I, I'm sick, but I just don't even know what to do. We help them with a game plan. Our goal is to keep them out of the hospital because once you do go to the hospital, there are things that can get a little bit difficult. Um, if they are currently in the hospital, we have people that call from the emergency room and they go, hey, I'm in the emergency room. I've been sitting in here for 15 hours. I haven't even been seen and I don't even know what to do. So we help them through that. We have people that realize they don't even really need to be there to begin with. We can do other things, um, but they're scared and they're alone. And we're glad that they call us um, so we can help them through those next steps. Um, so the initial call, you must be available 24 seven. Yeah, right? people call us 24 seven. We have regular business hours and we have after hours because you know that what happens on a Friday night, the weekends or holidays, the hospitals are still operating. And I'm telling you, you sometimes want an advocate to call to go, the doctor just said this, what are they talking about? What can I do? And this is why we have advocates that have those critical care backgrounds that can help navigate and understand how to work with the ICU doctor, work with the bedside nurse. We want to try to collaborate with these people. In the event that they cannot be collaborated with, 
we pull other triggers and we um, know how to pull those triggers. We can uh, turn that on and off very quickly because we understand the language. We understand that there are some of these facilities like the one Grace was in that they didn't offer anything else. They, they shut down. They just don't do the right things for the patient in the bed. Right. So we know when those triggers are. Now, do we want to make sure they're giving the best care in that hospital? Yes, we want to do that. Now, it is not easy in some of these hospitals like you've experienced. And we have been a part of the worst cases that you could possibly imagine like you were in. And we've had to do some very difficult things fly people out of those hospitals to try to get them a better protocol. We've had to uh, do some very unique navigating around the system in order to make sure that person in the bed, we can get them safely out. So those are our really critical ones. So we can do individuals, they'll call us on their own, or somebody will call and say, I have a family member. I have a friend. I have a church member. They told me these things. I'm worried about them. Can you help? Yeah, we can help. It's a membership. Anybody can get signed up. It's a membership. They pick an amount of time. They say, I think I only need an hour to talk to an advocate. Okay, great. You can do that. The hospital cases do take more time because there's a lot of things that the advocate needs to look at. We evaluate the labs. We look at the full medication list. We make sure what is on the full code the DNI, the DNR, the modified D, um, uh, DNR. There's a lot of different words that I just used and people go, well, what is that? That's why you need an advocate. An advocate understands these conversations and how to understand how to even talk to the ethics committee, how to drive the results all the way to the top of the hospital. And, and this is why we have to advocate and you have to have somebody in your back corner. So people call us just to say, hey, my Aunt Susie went and got that stupid jab, and now Aunt Susie is sick. What do I do? We say, great, let's help Aunt Susie, because guess what? Aunt Susie's medical doctor isn't even going to focus on the jab as the root cause, as the problem. But we are as advocates, and we have to find that aunt other options if she wants those options. Now, we have a lot of people that are angry and denial. They're, they're not quite deprogrammed, right? So we've right. got to... We've got to meet those people where they're at and we've got to help transition them and help them with those next steps. This is shocking to people to go, my doctor would never not tell me the truth. And we're like, well, we're sorry to tell you that they don't tell you the truth, but we want to show you what are your options. Here's some potential solutions. Here's what we can do with insurance. Here's what we might have to do outside of insurance. This is, this is critical, very critical. And then the third component in terms of who needs an advocate is we have a lot of great business owners out there. They have a lot of great staff or contracted staff and those staff are worried about the current situation out there. And those businesses are hiring great care to give time, to give advocacy time to each of their staff because they want their staff to have an advocate because they don't want their staff sick. They don't want their staff struggling. Guess what? They're operating a business. They want their staff to show up, be healthy, and there's no better benefit than to have an advocacy benefit. A lot of companies typically have an insurance benefit and an EAP benefit, an employee-assisted 
Employee Assistance Program, EAP. Well, those programs don't offer anything like advocacy, right? Where we can really talk about the truth and we're not mandated by any policies from the big bad healthcare system. So we wanna break that down for people and make sure we're providing all the options, whether it's traditional or alternative holistic, okay? We believe the person should have all of their options. At the end of the day, you are the decision maker. You get to make the decision. And so that is who. The when we kind of talked about with some of those examples, you might want to be proactive. You might want to understand, how do I make sure I have everything set up in case I need to go to the hospital? If I'm having an elective procedure, but the doctor told me that I'm going to need to get blood, what do I do? I want pure blood only. How do I handle these situations, right? Those are all the different types of things that are coming to us. And we are seeing from neonatal babies to adult seniors in their upper 90s, they all, they all need an advocate because there's all different angles. And that's why we have a great team um, all across the states and internationally. So we don't care where you're at. We say call, great care, get an advocate, and let's go to work. So, you know, that I, it, I really never thought of that paradigm of advocacy as a preventative. That's fantastic. So that's really the, that would be the best way. It's the same as doing, taking care of your body. You don't take care of your body after you get diagnosed, you take care of it beforehand. So you're recommending advocacy as a preventative. That's fantastic. So then... I want to walk through what, how does this in a, in a literal hospital setting? So let's say we are in a, a hospital setting. We, my wife and I just did our first hospital rescue four weeks ago, literally rescued a disabled guy out of the hospital. And for those of you who have heard the story, um, I, I want to frame it, not with the story, but framing it that there's still approximately a thousand people a day being murdered in hospitals that have been diagnosed with COVID. So this is still going on. It's going to keep going on because there's an agenda that's going to survive COVID. So now somebody is in the hospital, um, they have a healthcare power of attorney, but the healthcare power of attorney doesn't have your skill set or your staff skill set. How do they physically turn over that right to you? I, you know, They don't turn over any rights to us. We they don't. are no they don't have to we we advise them so under the scope of services that we provide we provide advocacy recommendations advice and consultation we teach that poa or that patient in the bed we teach them what to say and do and we are even on the phone with these doctors we talk with them we um, we negotiate we work through the system of what needs to happen what all the options are so the reason why COVID is the shiny tool in the toolbox for these hospitals. They love to put that diagnosis. Um, doesn't mean they have COVID. They could have right. a false positive, And we see that all the time. That's one of the first questions that I'm actually questioning. Is it really COVID? Is it really what we need to be paying attention to? They could have other things going on that are actually creating respiratory distress or are they even having respiratory distress? And is it maybe a GI issue? So the primary issue can oftentimes be missed, diagnosed. If you right. look up misdiagnoses, it happens all the time. This has happened for decades. Right. So this, this isn't new. It's just the fact that P 
people trusted the white coat. They trusted the hospital to take care of them. They trusted their doctor that they've seen for 20 years to diagnose them correctly, to give them the right medication. But that's why you need an advocate. You need an advocate to go, you know what? This really sounds like it probably could be cardiac related. Let's ask these questions. Let's get this done. Let's talk to the doctor. And we've done that for many, many people in the hospitals. And we've gotten them out of the hospital. We got the right diagnosis. We got the right treatment. We, we made the right adjustments. And we want to utilize the big bad system for the good of what we know they can do. Oftentimes they get distracted by the COVID-19 shiny diagnosis, but we don't freak out. Right. We don't get all worried about it. We go to work and we know exactly what to do. There is a way and an approach to doing this. And we do it very well um, because we have trained people that have actually worked in the system that understand how to work with these people. And if you don't know how to do it, that's why you need an advocate. And oftentimes we get phone calls, people that have been trying to do it. And they're like, I am just not making progress. And it's because again, if you don't understand the foreign language of the healthcare system, you're not going to understand it. And it's not something to easily pick up. So I would just encourage anybody to get an advocate. And if you can't afford an advocate, we have uh, what's a part of great, um, great care. We get a lot of calls. People are in financial hardships. We've got the inflation. They've already been paying 16 to 18,000 in the premium of insurance a year with no better care. They had to hit a deductible of $10,000. They are scrapping to just try to figure out how to pay their bills, right? Great. Well, we have Grateful Giving, which is on our nonprofit side. We put this together because we had a gentleman actually um, that we had to fly out of a South Dakota hospital. Their story is on our Grave Care Rumble page. And it was his name was Jim. And he had been in uh, one of the largest hospital systems in um, the Midwest um, at the highest tier. And they called us that afternoon. We talked to Molly and him. Um, he had the BiPAP mask on his face because he was struggling with COVID. He had terrible pneumonia, lots of other issues going on. He'd been there for several weeks. And the only thing that ICU doctor could offer him every single day was, well, Jim, we're going to need to intubate you. You're getting worse. That was all they could do every single day. So actually, a medical doctor in that hospital saw me on Stu Peters and slipped my number to them and said, hey, you need wow. to call them. You need to call Grave Care because I think they might be able to help you. They called the afternoon. We talked about the game plan within an hour. We talked to the doctor over the phone. Um, we talked about all of their options. We said, we think this is probably what they're going to say when we ask for these things that you want. Here's the trigger. This is what we're going to do next. If they say no, do you want that? Do you want us to do that? And he said, uh, yes, I can actually get out of here. Yes, you can. It's going to be very hard because here's the barriers. Here's some of the loopholes that I want you to know of. And we're, we're honest. I don't know if he's going to live or not. I don't know if somebody's going to survive. I don't even know if somebody's going to listen to my, my advice. Right. That's why they're the decision maker. Okay. But we gave him the option. We talked to the doctor. The ICU doctor goes, nobody's flown out of here before. And I said, yep, I know. 
He goes, how is insurance going to pay for it? I said, we're not going to worry about that. We have a plan for that. He goes, how, I don't understand. Like this does, I, nobody flies out of here. Well, sir, we're going to fly him out because we have an accepting physician at this facility down in Houston with Dr. Joseph Burrum. And he goes, uh, okay, well, I don't understand what they're doing is any different than what we're doing. Well, you know, <laughs> Molly and Jim will tell you they didn't have money to be put up for a life flight. These life flights with an accredited um, transport with a critical care crew with a respiratory therapist and a nurse and a pilot, very important, cost money. It can cost anywhere from 15,000 to 30,000. These people weren't wealthy people. They've, they've also given us rights to share their story. I don't talk about anybody's private story without their consent. And I'm telling you, it took a Hail Mary. I thought, how are we going to do this? How are we going to pay for this? But you know, there's some things in life that we just don't have to worry about because there's a higher being and that God steps in. And so Molly had a really great prayer group. And I said, Molly, I need you to write this exactly down to that prayer group. And then we're just going to see what happens. Within about five minutes, she called me back and said, Priscilla, somebody is helping us. Somebody's helping us. They're bringing us the check. And I said, great. We got to book that. I got to call and book that flight. So we booked it. They came in and they got him. We flew him down within three days at that other critical care unit. His oxygen requirement that he was receiving at that other hospital was down 50%. He needed 50% less than what he was getting. And it's because he was getting the right treatment. And so we were being aggressive what we, what, with what we needed to do because we have a window of time to take action in these critical care situations. Right. And if you don't take advantage of those window, that window of time, I'm telling you, it's a, it's a really bad situation. It can get really bad, really quick. That's why you need a critical care advocate that understands time sensitivity and how to make things happen. And these things are not easy. And, um, today I talked with Jim and Molly, uh, recently, they are actually on our board of directors for grateful giving for our nonprofit. So the people that have actually seen how advocacy works, they are a part of what we're doing because I don't want anybody to say, oh, this is just for money. All those big nonprofits who are raking in the money, guess what? They're a little bit too woke for me. They're probably not doing the right things worth your money. And guess what? We can put money towards advocacy and towards people that are financially strapped that can't do it. And so this is why we want to have the power of advocacy in all angles that we can think of, because we want to help out everybody that is in need. Now, we don't want to give out free advocacy. We want to give out, we want to give this time to people that are engaged in their health care because they are going to have to be a part of the plan of success. Nothing free in life, I think, really works. I think you've really got to be a part of it. And this is really important. Um, this is this is how I was raised. My dad's a minister. My mom's a nurse, and they taught it. They said, "No, no, no! You show up. You've got to take. You've got to be a part of the solution." So that's why free handouts, like what the government does, doesn't work. 
Right. I believe we've got to have people that are engaged. So when people do fill out their hardship requests through Grateful Giving, we want to know if they're engaged. We want to know what, what have they done to try to help their solution, right? So it's important to make sure we the dollars that are coming into the nonprofit, we're using them wisely. Right now, we only have about $2,000 um, that is in there. We've just started that. And um, we have a case in Minnesota that um, mom, pregnant, baby has a heart defect, baby will have to have a heart surgery, will need blood products. She doesn't want her baby to have vaccinated blood. Guess what? We got to go to work. That mom, she can't even afford her rent. Do you think she's the perfect person to get advocacy time? Yeah, she yeah. is. Um, so we've got to really do things very unique. We're doing things that nobody's doing out there. And um, I wish I had a magic wand for all of these situations, but we don't. It's called hard work, thinking outside the box and doing some really unique things. Well, it's it's quite impressive. I mean, I have looked at um, a macro view of what you're talking about and realized God's ways are always outside of the ways we tend to think as men. And, you know, what you're doing here fits fits that like a glove. The the situation where you have these doctors. So this is a piece of the puzzle. I mean, you had a pilot, you have a doctor who would be a receiving doctor on the other end. So you have created a network, I presume, so that um, you actually would have a matrix of, depending on the situation, how to respond. Is that That's fair? That's right. That's exactly right. And we have to. Some of those resources we had um, in the past um, couldn't, couldn't keep their shop open. So we find new resources, right? So I'm always about options. My team knows I'm probably a little bit different than most. Probably every single day, I'm finding a new angle, a new option. How do we provide these solutions? And we've got four pillars of advocacy that I want to make sure all of your viewers and you know about. So what's really cool with advocacy is everybody knows traditional healthcare. They get it. They're kind of like, yeah, healthcare sucks. I'm tired. tired. I'm tired of the same old. Well, everybody knows Dr. Artis, right? And Dr. Artis a year ago actually had me on his show because he was like, wow, I've never heard of this. I would love to know more. Well, Dr. Artis is actually a part of Grave Care. People want his specific advice on their situation. So they'll call Grave Care. Our advocates will go through a very comprehensive tool. And we hand that information all over to Dr. Artis. And he sends a review back. To this week, he's done five of those reviews for people that were stuck, wanted Dr. Artis to weigh in on what's going on, and we are seeing some amazing results. Now, we, we're, we are not medical doctors. I do not write scripts. I do not diagnose. Dr. Artis is a retired chiropractor, so we're providing what's called the Artist Advocacy Advice. We call it the AAA, so that's one option. Now, some people know Dr. H, which is Dr. Henry Elay. He's a naturopathy doctor, engineering background, amazing information in terms of what's going on at the red blood cell level. He loves talking about detox from a holistic nutrition, nutritionist way. Super impressive. He's on the Pacific end. He's through the Energetic Health Institute. He's a part of Great Care too. People are calling Great Care and they go, I follow Dr. H. I want him to weigh in on my problem. Um, I can't get to his injury clinic in, on the Pacific side, but I'm 
I'm here located in Pennsylvania, and I want Dr. H to give his advice. We go through a comprehensive tool. We hand it over to Dr. H. And Dr. Artis and Dr. H are sending personal videos to these people in order to give them education, making sure they're informed, and helping them really expand their thought process of what's going on at the root cause. That's why all the Band-Aids that the medical doctor has been doing for years of pharmaceuticals and diagnostics haven't been working. We need to talk about root cause. Dr. Artis and Dr. H, they do an amazing job. Then a third pillar, we talk a lot about what's going on at the DNA level. And we have a swab tool, a cheap swab tool through our friends at Divine Health, that's in Arkansas, that we actually get results from. We walk our clients through the process. I've done it for me, my husband, and all four of my kids. And I know the deficiencies from a DNA level that they have because cool. And it is impressive. I mean, you were talking about, wow, I didn't even know that my daughter, my six-year-old daughter's thyroid wasn't functioning. Okay, now this makes sense because I, I knew there were some issues, but I couldn't figure it out. But this tool gave me that information I needed to know for her. My two older kids popped up with candida. Candida is a terrible thing to have. And it can really actually pop up as a serious issue. People can die from that. And so popped up on their tool. And I was like, whoa, we got to handle that. They're not sick right now, but I don't want them to get sick, right? They're 15 and 16. So these are things people can do proactively. And great care is the hub, is the resource to attack these things. The jabs, we're doing these things from Dr. Artis, Dr. A, from the swab tool. People have these options right here at Grave Care to get set up and get moving. And then we talk about hyperbaric options. We have some great options that we like to talk about from the oxygenations that are uses in terms of an insurance use and an off-label, just like ivermectin. You know, ivermectin is an uh, quote off-label use although they've embedded it on the nih for covid right. right they sneak it in and they really don't tell but remdesivir is still up there so there's there's a a system that's very um trying to fool people we don't want to fool people we want to empower inform provide all of their options we give strong advice to say this is really something you need to be doing if you delay here anymore Here's some of the consequences that might happen. And I'm gonna tell you, I was right a whole, lot of, a whole lot of the times. And that's why our clients come back to us for more membership time, because they trust us, they know we're here for them. Um, there's after hours options, there's regular options. Did we get phone calls on Thanksgiving when people were showing up together going, can you help my loved one? They're really bad. And I'm like, yep, we can help you. Let's release the fear and anxiety. Let's get back in control of your healthcare and start doing something diff different. And great care is definitely doing that. And I don't know, Scott, if you if you know this about the grape. Grape is the my two daughters' names put together, Grace and Faith. And the word, <laughs> the, the word yeah, the word grape means to prepare. And that's exactly what we're doing for people. We're preparing people, whether they're in crisis or whether they want to be 
just proactive. And they, they have a ton of membership time out there. Some of them just love the peace of mind to know I've got time with my advocate if something pops up. And this is what we need to do. We've got to turn the healthcare system upside down and start doing something different because it is going to get worse out there. Well, I couldn't agree more. I think it's going to get substantially worse. Worse. I mean, it's uh, this is fantastic what you're bringing to the table. I had no idea the breadth of of what you're doing, and you did a just a great job explaining it. Can you, um, before we wrap up, can you kind of give a um, just a, a broad overview of how people would, you know, so they go on your website, they do they buy a block of time then, and then they get connected or just, just the simple process. And of course your, the connection to your website will be in the show notes, but just so that people can immediately click on and, and be somewhat familiar. Yeah. Super simple. I'm a super simple person. So all people need to do is they can uh, call us at 469-864-7149. Our phone number is on our grave care website. That's www.gravecare, G-R-A-I-T-H, care care.com and they can click the enroll now and the enroll now link is just going to have you get up and started with your name and information there's over 40 plus options including the triple a with dr artis the triple e with uh dr elay there's holistic alternative options you can pick whatever you want on there multiple options on there you click which one you hit submit you can put as many family members that you want on the membership as well, um, and our uh, intake team will call you. We want to know what is your primary worry and concern? What are you worried about that we need to go to work on? And then we match you with an advocate. We've got over 20 advocates with all sorts of different backgrounds all over the states and internationally. We've helped people up, in, up to 48 states right now, and we have clients in Canada, Australia, Greece, and Spain right now too. So we are definitely all over the globe. And um, they just click, they tell us, hey, you know what? I'm really like, I just need to kind of have a proactive plan. They might, not, they, they might need only an hour of advocacy. All of our pricing is online. Imagine that we're telling wow. our prices right up front. So yeah, nobody does this. that. <laughs> and nobody, nobody does that. But guess what? We do. We're, we don't look. If somebody's in a bad spot, I literally tell them, look, you you may not survive if you don't do these things. We have to start being honest and we have to start putting uh, putting all the fluff aside. There are some bad situations out there. And if we right. don't start being honest, we're not going to we're not going to get to the root cause of the problem. So just call us, ask. Um, we get a lot of questions. We've um, we were on Jonathan Otto's Brave series recently on episode nine. You can hear more about us. And look, we are trying to share the word because the worst call that we get is when people go, I wish I would have known about you. So everybody watching this show needs to share it. They need to share it because guess what? We don't need situations like what Grace had to experience. That is awful. It's criminal. It is, um, I, am, I am disgusted at what I'm seeing as a background as a pediatric nurse and has worked in these hospital systems I'm, I'm done with it. And we have got to start doing something different. So God has prepared me for this. And I wish it was simple what the healthcare system was doing, but we're going to make it as simple as possible, getting an advocate, 
making sure you are informed, you know, everything that you could possibly do. And boy, we've got to be creative in some of these situations, but it is sure good when you win and you start seeing cancer killed, you start seeing the pneumonia go away. You start seeing people without fibromyalgia anymore, because guess what? We talked about root cause and we got it. We got in front of that situation and I'm excited about all of our options that we have at Great Care. Wow. Fantastic. I'm going to uh, just do a couple of closing words and then I'm going to come back to you for the final, the final word. Is that okay with you, Priscilla? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So I, you know, you just mentioned the name of your company, Grace. So when Grace was born, we had two names. We were going to either name her Grace or Faith. And uh, we ended up picking Grace. And I want to close with that because, you know, as we, we look at the corruption and evil, which you and I both understand it because we come from different perspectives, but I mean, we, we came to the same conclusion. This whole thing is corrupt and evil. And I wanna frame that though, because if we truly understand God's grace, which that's why we named grace, grace after God's grace, we, if we truly understand his grace, his grace is the only thing that prevents us from falling into the same trap. And Jesus's last words on the cross, or while he was dying, it wasn't his last words, were forgive them, Father, for they do not know what they're doing. And, you know, we want these people who are still killing people to repent. That would be the best gift of all, because they're looking at spending eternity in hell. And so the last thing I'd like to say is the only thing that does matter is Christ died, was buried, and rose again on the third day so that whoever believes in him will have eternal life. And if you don't know him, you've got to ask yourself, have you been programmed? So with that said, uh, Priscilla, the last word belongs to you. Well, with my two girls' names being Grace and Faith, I think there was sure a reason that we had to meet. And, um, you know, the power of great care and what we're doing with advocacy, it's amazing. It is hard work. We grind it out every day for people in need. And um, healthcare sucks. You've got to get an advocate. You've got to have somebody on your side. I can't express that, um, you know, any more um, than than what I can share. I would say if you want to know more about what great care is doing, we're on um, multiple social media links. We have a Great Care Rumble channel. I'm trying to do teachings on there, trying to share as much as possible so we can empower and educate people. And um, I would love your support. I would love people just to share this because we've got to get in front of this and it's going to take the grassroots of the people. If people want to get their own advocate, click the enroll now on the website. If they want to donate, they can click donate now. And if they want to be a part of the volunteer army, at Grateful Giving, they can click Get Involved. We have a volunteer army that's coming together. We're working on some great initiatives. We've got to have the grassroots of the people coming together. And I believe, yes, in repentance, uh, because that's how I was raised. We got to repent and turn away from all the bad things. And we've got to, we've got to, we've got to change things. And we each can be a part of the success in helping um, meet people where they're at. That's what Jesus did. He didn't just, he wasn't with just the people that were doing all the right things. He went out there and he helped people that were sinners. And that's what we need to do. Absolutely right on. Uh, thanks for thanks for coming today. If you can just hold on for a couple minutes after we close, I want to just talk to you about a situation. So thanks for coming on.
stand by for further details. We return you now to your regularly scheduled program.